0: next chapter podcasts previously on in the cards
1: lex means defender of men and here you are protecting a friend
2: you're reading me like a book i actually came to see if you might maybe like to go out for a cup of coffee sometime
3: you mean like a date
2: apparently corker cheese
0: curls has been interviewing other ad agencies heads will roll if we lose that As of this
2: moment, Gil, you're lead creative on the Corker account. Give him the folder, Bryson. They set me up, Lex.
4: But you're the only person that actually gets it. Jim, from now on,
1: Gil is in charge of everything on my account.
2: Understood? You saw the universe trying to screw me, right? If you get lucky with Tarot Girl tonight, the whole universe might explode. Don't jinx me.
0: The
1: Seven of Cups speaks of your imagination of the dreamer that lives within you. While there is fun and lightness associated with this card, it also cautions you to define what is possible and, on the other hand, what is simply unachievable fantasy.
2: Next Chapter Podcast presents In the Cards. Episode 4, The Not Date. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds.
1: The psychic readings.
2: Bella? Hi, it's Gil from the other day. I'm here to see. Th- Hello, Gil. Bella? Man, this staircase gets longer every time I come in here. Steps are good for you. Keep climbing.
1: Come on. You can make it. And here you are. I can tell where you've been. Something important has happened. You went to a store. I'd say within the last... 30 minutes, you bought new clothes.
2: That's amazing. How did you know that?
1: The price tag is still on your shirt. Oh. And pants. I'll get scissors. I'll just tear them off. You you shouldn't do that, you might- That's
2: fine. (laughs) Oh, crap. Should've gone with the scissors. If only someone would've suggested that. Uh, Small tear. Maybe no one will notice. Did you come for another
1: reading? No. I could scrutinize your palm. Many insights can be learned from the lines of the hand.
2: I'm actually done forever with readings. I'm here to see Nadia. We're going to grab some tea. Tea? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Is she here? No, Gil. She went to
1: see the doctor.
2: The doctor? You mean like the doctor?
1: Ah, she has mentioned the doctor, has she? What has she told you?
2: That her cards say she'll marry some doctor have two kids and move to New Jersey. Fate is fate. So I've heard. I know what you're thinking. I'm not thinking anything.
1: But you do not fit into Nadia's destiny, Gil. Nor she into yours. I advise you to save yourself
2: from a fruitless endeavor that would only bring heartache. We were just gonna grab a cup of tea, which she obviously forgot about, so... Can you give her this for me? The complete book of stamp collecting. Eh, it's kind of a joke gift. That's stupid. Let her know I was here, okay? I will. And
1: remember to be wary of yellow.
2: Yeah, yellow. Bye, Bella. Ah, shit.
3: Mommy, a birdie just pooped on that man.
2: Go to hell, bird. You hear me? Keep walking, honey. And all your little bird friends can go to hell, too. Keep walking. Hello?
0: Bro, it's Lex. Sorry to interrupt, but Rando just emailed. They already hired a production company, and we're meeting them tomorrow at 8 a.m. sharp.
2: Great. Fine. See you tomorrow.
0: Wait, wait, wait. How's the date going? Well... She's wearing either cowboy boots or spaghetti straps. You're getting lucky tonight, bro.
2: The date's not happening. I think she forgot.
0: She stood you up? Doesn't matter. Of course it matters. Creative types like us have feelings. You can't toy with us. We're vulnerable, like newborn gerbils.
2: I'm not like a gerbil, Lex.
0: Oh, so sorry to insult you. How about vulnerable like a bug? Is that better?
2: I'd rather be a bug than a gerbil.
0: Fine. You're a helpless spider crawling around minding your own business when this Nadia chick catches you and for kicks, rips off three of your legs. So tell me, Gil, how exactly are you supposed to spin a web of creativity at your meeting tomorrow when she's left you with only five out of eight legs?
2: Lex, I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm going home to play my elbow. What
0: I'm saying is, if you go home, she wins. Dude, we got promoted today. Let's celebrate. I'm talking drinks.
2: I don't know. And
0: after those drinks, we'll have more drinks, and we'll brag about our corker cheese curl triumph, then end up sucking face with cowboy boot wearing women in a broom closet.
2: All four of us in the same closet?
0: Kinky, but if that's how you roll, I'm into it.
2: I thought you had a crush on Bella. Now you're talking about random hookups in a broom closet?
0: We all know Bella's too far out of my league, bro. I gotta get over her with a vapid rebound fling.
2: Why do you sound more manic than usual?
0: Because I'm on the verge of success, and it's freaking me out. I don't know how to handle it. Are we going for drinks or what? Gil. Gil. What was that? Hey. Dude, who are you talking to? Is that her? Tell her to go take a flying leap off a crystal ball.
2: See you tomorrow, Lex.
0: Gil, go Gil. Wait. What? Is she wearing cowboy boots?
2: Bye, Lex.
3: Hey! Where are you going?
2: Bella said you were at the doctor, so I- I
3: was at the optometrist. Do they count as doctors? Good question.
2: I mean, my optometrist runs his office out of a Walmart.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Real doctors, like cardiologists, do not run their offices out of a Walmart.
2: Agreed. In terms of docterness, I'd say optometrists live in the same neighborhood as dentists and podiatrists.
3: Wait, are you telling me that dentists and podiatrists think they're real doctors too?
2: Mm, they do. Well, that's just nuts.
3: <laughs> Am I late?
2: I thought we said six.
3: But you said you'd have mishaps that set you back, so I thought you were really saying six thirty. You didn't have mishaps?
2: Oh no, there were mishaps.
3: Hmm. Do tell.
2: Well, minutes before the most important ad pitch of my life, I irreparably split my pants at the crotch. (laughs) To conceal the chasm, I had to keep my legs squeezed together tighter than Mother Teresa did at her high school prom. Then I got blood on my shirt. I I, I bought a whole new ensemble about a half hour ago.
3: And you already got pooped on by a bird.
2: To the bird's credit, he has exceptional aim. Hits me about once a week.
3: (laughs) So we're still going for tea then? Yeah. Yeah. Here, give me a sec to run this upstairs.
2: Back in a flash. Okay. And maybe you could grab me a paper towel for the poop?
3: <laughs> oh, this place is so cute.
4: Welcome to the Parc Cafe Petisserie, Mademoiselle and Monsieur. Table for two? That'll be great. Thanks. Très bon. Follow me. And how is this, with a view of the park? Perfect. Uh, Allow me, mademoiselle. Thank you. And monsieur. Ow. Oh, Oh. I I am so sorry, sir. It's fine. I I do not know how that happened.
2: Not (laughs) your fault. It all has to do with fate and the universe and stuff. (laughs) Let's order some pastries.
3: Um, Gil... I don't know how your shin connects to your face, but for some reason your nose is bleeding.
4: Oh God. The universe again, monsieur? Yes. Oh, mon dieu. Here is a napkin. Squeeze the nose. Uh, uh, the nostrils, I think is all you say. Uh-huh.
2: Ah uh, yes, that ah, is it. Thank you.
3: Are you okay, Gil?
2: I'm fine, don't worry. This is normal. <laughs> but maybe you could guide me down to my chair?
3: Oh,
4: but of course. Just Drop the bomb straight Uh, down to the. And there we are. Voila. Safe and sound.
3: You don't need an ambulance or anything, do you, Gil?
2: Very funny. Did any (laughs) blood drip on my new shirt? Oh, it did. Uh, Of course it did.
3: Right next to the bird poop stain. Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, 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 (laughs) Yes, I I, I do not
4: understand, but uh, let us all laugh at life, no? (laughs) Exactly. What's your name? I am Robert. I am from a small town near Toulouse in the south of France.
3: Oh, I love France. Je passais beaucoup de temps là quand j'étais petit. Nous avons beaucoup de membres de famille à Dijon. You know where they make the mustard? Ah, <laughs> I,
4: I am so sorry, mademoiselle. Your accent is very, uh, how you say, uh, American. <laughs> I, I, I do not quite understand.
3: You're not really from France, are you? Oh, mademoiselle. And you don't speak French.
2: She's a psychic, so she's hard to lie to.
4: Uh, then I must confess, I, 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 I am sad to say I am not actually from France.
2: Where are you from?
4: Uh, Fort Lauderdale. But I get the better tips with the accent, so, so there you are. How is the nose, monsieur? Uh, I think it stopped. Excellent. Just let me give a little wipe here, and little wipe. So,
2: and voila,
3: good as new. I'd love a chai tea latte, please, Robert.
2: And a cappuccino for me, and two of your favorite pastries. Uh, but nothing with nuts. I have a nut allergy.
3: <laughs> of course you do.
2: Back in the quickest of moments.
3: Never a dull moment with you, is there, Gil?
2: Never. Uh, tell me, I'm, I'm curious. How does a nice girl like you get into the tarot reading business?
3: Well, first, I took some University of Phoenix online classes.
2: I knew it! (laughs) (laughs) Kidding,
3: of course. Psychic ability is a gift you're born with. It runs in my family, in my Romani blood. My Aunt Belle is a seer, as you know, so was my grandmother.
2: I come from a long line of plumbers.
3: A much more honest profession.
2: (laughs) So, you're born with this gift.
3: Yes, but it takes a while to understand it. To nurture it and gain control of it.
2: Like Luke Skywalker
3: and the Force. You're making a joke, but it is like that. Each psychic needs to find where their truest gifts lie. Like, Bella is a uniquely talented medium. My cousin Vano has post-cognitive abilities and does a lot of work with the FBI on criminal cases. What's your specialty? No one's better than me at understanding the tarot.
2: Someone's kind of (laughs) cocky.
3: It's just the truth. But even without the tarot deck, I'm pretty adept. I could always do it. I could always see. When I was little, I'd basically tell fortunes in grammar school.
2: I see a tonsillectomy in your future.
3: I'll have you know, Mr. Smarty Pants, before my twelfth birthday, I accurately predicted four tonsillectomies, two appendectomies, and a case of alopecia. Alopecia? The disease where you lose all the hair on your body, and the girl who I predicted would get it, was always so nasty. I admit, I was happy when she went bald.
2: Catty little clairvoyant, aren't
3: you? (laughs) Maybe. The sad thing is that kids steered clear of me. Adults, too. Thought I was a witch. When I told my teacher I had a vision her husband was kissing another woman, she somehow blamed me when she found out that he was cheating. You learn to keep your mouth shut.
4: And I return with your drinks. The chai tea latte for mademoiselle. Thank you, Robert. And for Monsieur, Di cappuccino. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh,
3: shit. Oh, oh no. Gil, are
4: you okay? Dude, I am so sorry. I I, I mean, dude, I, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> oh, Gil. <laughs> Let me wipe that up.
2: <laughs> oh, whoa. Thanks, Robert. I can take it from here.
4: But of course, I, I I am so sorry, Monsieur. I do not know how that happened. I never spill.
3: It's not your fault, Robert.
2: She's right. It's my fate. You couldn't help it. Your fate, monsieur? I tend to lose at things, always. Things you couldn't imagine one could lose at, like (laughs) cappuccino.
3: It was most likely the stars that made you drop that cup.
4: (gasps) So you would look foolish sitting across from the beautiful mademoiselle.
2: You're catching on.
4: (laughs) Ah, mon dieu. How fascinating and cool that the universe intervenes in our little lives here at the Parc-Café
3: Petisserie. It is fascinating, but maybe you could get him a wet towel for his pants.
4: Ah, oui, oui, Mademoiselle, oui.
3: <laughs> so
2: how's your tea?
3: Good. How's your cappuccino? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, tell me more about being a tween witch. <laughs>
3: Porn. Satan. Drugs. Therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend.
0: Bella, is that you?
1: This is Bella, yes.
0: It's Lex Goodling from the other day. Gil's friend, you're not closed, are you?
1: I am open. Well, hello again, Lex.
0: This is the longest freaking staircase in Philadelphia.
1: Keep coming. You're almost here. Ooh. Okay. So close now. Three. Two. Oh, God. One. I made it. And you didn't even need supplemental oxygen. Very funny. What brings you here? I sense tension.
0: I am tense.
1: Come inside. I do love your
0: shop. The beads crystals, candles. It's so calming.
1: Being open to the universe requires the right atmosphere. Did you come for another reading? I'm not
0: exactly sure why I came. I started walking
1: and ended up at your door. The universe led you here.
0: When you read my cards before, you said my future was basically a bunch of sunshine and gumdrops.
1: I remember.
0: But the last 24 hours have been anything but that. I've been swirled up in a melange of confusion, despair, momentary elation, followed by a shitload of anxiety.
1: Tell Bella why.
0: Well, things were fine until last night, when bad luck Gill begged me to go to his metaphysics class.
1: Why did he ask that?
0: As you know, that first class shook him up, and he had to hand in his I'm-fated-to-be-a-loser paper and felt he needed the emotional crutch of my presence. Ah. I was conflicted because I knew from my own college experience that being back in a philosophy class could send me over the edge. But a friend needed you. True-heartedness is my Achilles heel.
1: Tell Bella everything about this philosophy class. What did it provoke?
0: Well... After work, I drove the two of us to the university. We were both anxious as hell, marched across the quad toward the philosophy building. Wait, Bella, I'll continue the tale, but can you close your eyes? <laughs> Why? So I can paint the picture, make you live my memory in your imagination. I can put you there if you shutter those lids.
1: <laughs> Funny man. What does you wish?
0: That's it. Keep them closed. Now, you're no longer here in your psychic shop with the pumpkin spice candles. You're with Gil and me walking down the echoing university corridor. We stepped through the door into the intimate lecture hall that seats no more than 50 students. There were eight-tiered rows, all looking down at a wooden lectern from behind which ideas are hurled that send impressionable students into emotional tailspins.
1: I see it. Keep going.
0: The cherry-paneled walls surrounding us, drenched in complex concepts and theories, date back at least a hundred years. The very air itself reeked of ideas. To be able to possess just a fraction of all the knowledge that's been conveyed in this room of learning would make any man or woman wise beyond comprehension.
1: You do paint a picture.
0: Thank you. I recently watched Judy Bloom's creative writing lecture on masterclass.com. It's really helped with my expressiveness. Continue. The teacher, Professor Towers, walks in and the room goes quiet. Hello, class. Take your seats. Gil and I, in the back row, watch as he takes his place behind his lectern of knowledge. Now, Bella, this Towers guy is disarmingly handsome. Square
5: jaw, piercing eyes. I'd be all over him if I swung that way. He starts by saying, While Jared goes around collecting your fate assignments, I'd like to ask a simple question. Who here believes in God? (laughs) Of course. Look at all those hands in the air.
1: Was your hand in the air, Lex?
5: Of course it was.
0: I mean, it's not like I'm going to be a monk or anything, but I believe something is up there. There has to be,
5: right? Towers kept talking. The idea of God is very comforting, isn't it? Well, today I'm going to prove to you that God doesn't exist, and that you're alone in the world.
0: I was in deep trouble already. I mean, who wants to live in a world where God doesn't exist? Where he's not floating around, showering us with love and forgiving our foibles.
5: I mean, I have a lot of foibles. What did he say next? He said, the argument of the religious is that God is perfect. But tell me, are plagues perfect? Or mass shootings, earthquakes, tsunamis, and hurricanes that kill thousands are hardly perfect, are they? And on a micro level, things like cold sores aren't perfect. Or hangnails, or hangovers, or self-doubt, unrequited love, unabashed hatred. Simple reason disproves the idea of perfection, and without perfection, you don't have God in the terms he is most often associated. Why is your hand raised, Gil?
2: The idea in the big religions is that God gave humans the gift of free will, which puts the possibility of variation- Free
5: will is bullshit. Especially free will as a concept compatible with religion. I don't believe in God, people. But for shits and giggles, let's say I did believe in him and his all-knowing perfection. If I accept that God knows everything, then I must also accept he knows all of the past, present, and the future. Right, Gil? I guess. So if God already knows what is, what was, and what will be, then, by reason, that negates the possibility of variation of events. It negates chance or choice. It negates Free will. So, God or no God, determinism is what is true, and therefore no act is possibly free. At this point, I was starting to feel queasy.
1: Can I open my eyes now?
5: Yes.
0: When I got home, I popped an edible and went straight to bed in hopes I'd fall asleep, but my eyes wouldn't close, Bella. All I could do was ponder about life's journey, about fate, about the universality of truth.
1: The persona you present is of a man of frivolity. But you are not that, are you, Lex? You are serious, thoughtful.
0: But I don't want to be thoughtful. I want to be Devil May Care, Life of the Party. Yet at two in the morning, I got up, dug out my college philosophy books, and started rereading Aristotle. Kant, Spinoza, and I even read Jean-Paul Sartre like he would help.
1: Sartre was a dark soul. When I was little, my friend's mother had a fling with that old man in Kiev. She went insane.
0: I didn't sleep a wink. Then, bleary-eyed at work, Gil and I were thrust into this unwinnable situation.
1: And what happened?
0: Well, we won.
1: Gil won?
0: Fascinating. Something is off, Bella. I don't know what it is, but something is untethered.
1: Lex, right now I'm not going to talk to you like a psychic, but as a person. I want you to know that I, too, get confused. (laughs) I am confused at this moment. About what? On the one hand, I see a silly and peculiar boy who cannot climb stairs without huffing like an emphysema patient.
0: I really should join a gym.
1: On the other hand, in front of me, I see a contemplative, attractive man in search of universal truth.
0: I'm almost positive I heard you say the word attractive.
1: Truth is always truth. And there is plenty of it out there, Lex. Lex.
0: But how do we find
1: it? Well, the truths of the past we know because they have happened and we remember them. But interestingly, the truths of the future are just as true. Just as real, despite the fact that they haven't yet occurred.
0: For example, a statement like, Lady Gaga broke up Bradley Cooper's marriage is just as true today as it was true in 1950.
1: Truth is always there. We just need to uncover it.
0: Let's uncover a truth right now. Any truth. It might steady my
4: nerves.
1: (laughs) Fine. I will say something that throughout the history of the universe has always either been true or always been untrue.
0: You're offering an ounce of clarity. I want it.
1: Here is my statement. At some point tonight, you and I will give in to obvious temptation and kiss each other.
0: Things have taken an unexpected turn?
1: No, as I said, this statement is either always been true or always not been true.
0: Tomorrow will come and this kiss will either have happened or not happened
1: and truth will be revealed kiss me Alex
0: oh man I love truth
4: Let me hold the door for you, mademoiselle.
3: Thank you, Robert.
4: Monsieur. Ouch! Oh, oh so sorry. It wasn't your fault. Please, come again to the cafe Good
3: night, Robert. Good night, Robert. So, should we walk to the fountain?
2: We can make wishes.
3: Deal. <laughs> Tell me, Gil, what's the unluckiest thing that's ever happened to you?
2: Hmm. That's pretty tough to pinpoint. I have a lot to choose from. But I did have one big one. When I was 16, I was struck by lightning.
3: You were not.
2: I was. <laughs> Coming home from marching band practice, I told you I'd play the oboe.
3: Yeah, you did. Keep going.
2: Well, right after practice, I had my first ever kiss, Becky Fidel, which was fantastic unexpected. She played the flute and piccolo and had the cutest little lisp.
3: Who doesn't love a lisp?
2: We were both so awkward, but it somehow still happened.
3: Hi, Gil. Hey, Becky. Gil, you ever think about... Yeah. Me too. Wow. (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, bye. And Becky, thanks.
3: You're funny, Gil. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See
1: you later, Becky.
2: I was on cloud nine, maybe even cloud 10. And as I meandered home, replaying the kiss over and over in my head, this storm came out of nowhere. The sky went black. The wind whipped up, thunder crashed. Streaks of light flashed across the sky, very ominous. I actually got scared because there was nowhere to hide. Lightning split a tree 20 feet to my left. I ran. There was another crack to my right. Then, boom, got me.
3: God, you're not kidding? Next thing I know, I'm being shook
2: awake by some old guy. I think he'd been giving me mouth to mouth, which wasn't nearly as nice as Becky Fidel's kiss, but all things considered, I'll take it.
3: Oh, Gil, that's awful.
2: He got me to a hospital. I had crazy burns all over. Needless to say, I still get pretty skittish when I hear thunder.
3: I'd be skittish, too.
2: But... Simple rain and drizzle. I'm fine with that.
3: What happened with Becky Fidel?
2: I was laid up for about a week. When I went back to school, I found out her father got transferred and they'd moved to Sioux City, Iowa.
3: Oh, no. Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) And we made it to the fountain.
3: A good story. (laughs) But now it's time for wishes. Here's a penny.
2: You go first.
3: Deal. Here goes.
2: (laughs) Good shot.
3: Hey, Gil. I want to come clean about the first time I read your cards. That doesn't matter. It does. You see, when I started doing the readings professionally, I used to tell everyone exactly what I saw. They were paying me and I felt I owed it to them to give them full disclosure. A few years ago, I had this steady client and one day his cards revealed that he would have a death in his family. It was imminent. Terrible, right?
2: And you told him what they said?
3: I did. For months, his card said the same thing. He was a nervous wreck, then... Eventually, his son took ill, and... It was awful. The thing I'm trying to say is that telling him what I saw didn't help anything. It only made things worse.
2: You were doing your job.
3: Sometimes I wish I was something normal. Like an accountant.
2: If it's any consolation, the people in our accounting department all look really, really bored.
3: <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that I'm really sorry I stretched the truth when I read your cards.
2: That's all right.
3: I just wanted you to be happy. Now throw that penny in the water.
2: I've got a pretty good wish. Here we go.
1: Nadia? Is that you?
3: Who else would it be? How was business tonight?
1: A couple people stopped in. How was your tea?
3: Mm, Fun, I guess. (laughs) I mean, he's a walking disaster. We missed the bus twice. He got a paper cut on the menu. The waiter spilled his coffee in his lap. His cell phone died and on and on. But (laughs) nothing gets him down. It's... Strangely inspiring. Interesting. After tea, we walked to Rittenhouse Square. He tried to make a wish at the fountain, but his penny missed the water and (laughs) landed on the pedestal of the sculpture in the middle of the pool. Terrible luck. I told him it didn't count unless the penny was in the water, so he jumped into the pool, shoes and all, walked to his penny, picked it up off the pedestal, and kerplunked it into the water, right where he wanted it. (laughs) It was very funny.
1: He's fighting his fate. No. He is. Maybe. And that is not wise. Destiny is destiny, Nadia.
3: I know. I'll see you tomorrow.
1: Destiny is destiny. In the Cards was written and directed by Kevin Henderson. The cast is as follows. Connor Ratliff as Gil. Stephen Boyer as Lex. Lila Robbins as Bella. Jamie Ann Romero as Nadia. Woody Iwuji as Professor Peter Towers. Robert Cuccioli as Jim. Joanna Glushak as Catherine Corker, Helga, and others. Mari Sandoval as Clea and others. Chris Henry Coffey as Bryson and others. Nancy Rodriguez as Monica and others. Delphi Harrington, as Mrs. Tassiopoulos and others. Michael Goodfriend as Robert and others. Additional voices performed by Amy Malloy, Gigi Henderson, Declan Henderson, Adam Aris Gutierrez, and Courtney Rosemont. Casting by the Telsey Office, Karen Castle, CSA. Original music composition, sound design and mix by Shane Reddick. Sound engineering by Sadaharu Yagi. Mix Engineer and Dialogue Editor, Larry Walsh and Robert McNabb. Podcast Mastering by Greg Cortez at New Monkey Studio. Coordinating Producer, Transcend Streaming, Kira Bowie and Leanna Keyes. Executive Producer, Michael Goodfriend. The Managing Director of Business Operations and Partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts is Sally Cade Holmes. Special thanks to Jeff Talbot, Tallulah Henderson and Mike Mariano. In the Cards is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. Visit ncpodcast.com for more about the series. Subscribe to ncpodcast.com to get cool merch like t-shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs, ad-free episodes, and bonus content video featuring interviews with the actors, producers, and writers, and artists who brought the series to life.